0: Welcome to the Payless Movement Podcast. I'm Tom Solid, your host, and I'm so excited to share another thrilling episode with you, where I deep dive into the digital productivity space together with my guests. As usual, this episode is not sponsored. However, providing you this value for free is only possible thanks to all of you who are part of the Payless Movement membership. You allow me to stay independent with my opinion. But also as a member, you can join these interviews live when they are recorded for a chance to ask your own questions and you will even get access to chapterized video versions of this and previous episodes. So if you'd like to become a member eager to max out the full potential of your digital productivity system, check out paypalestmovement.com. And now, without further ado, let's dive into this chat. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another show, Payless Movement podcast, or the exclusive video that we create for the members. Today, I'm really excited because we have Renat with us from bardin.ai, and he recently mm-hmm. joined us also as a partner expert in the Payless Movement membership. And I had already a lot of one-on-one calls with him and really interested in Bardin, but I really was blown away by the video that he provided inside the Payless Movement membership. If you want to check this out, if you're a member, make sure that you watch this video because this is just great. It's not only about how to use Bardeen to automate your stuff, but in general, how you position this inside the i framework and all this really nice and really great to have you with us now. So we have a general talk about automation and how you went to Bardeen. But before we dive into this, just give yourself an introduction here.
1: Who are you hey, and Brian. why did you end up in Badin? <laughs> yeah, I'm Renat. Super excited to be here. Thanks so much for inviting me as a guest. My name is Renat. was originally born in Moscow and then somehow ended up in the Silicon Valley. Got really obsessed with startups, with SaaS specifically, and working full force right now on building the future of automation. So tons of people are familiar with Apple Shortcuts, with tools like Zapier. But in reality, there are so many workflows, probably 80% of things that we do on our computers, they're actually manual. So if we remove all of those from our day to day, we'll find this liberation, the newfound flow to doing creative work. And like my life's mission is to empower humans with technology so that they can do things that are creative, they're fun and leave all of the manual, tedious, uh, repetitive tasks.
0: Yeah. And so we're on the same mission here with the paperless movement. We have the same vision behind that, that people actually start leveraging the digital world in a way that is supposed to be because so many people don't even understand the tip of the iceberg, what is possible going digital, going paperless. So it's already an advantage switching from a paper note to an iPad and make your handwriting searchable. This is already exciting, but usually the understanding of the digital world ends there and once you go into how do you actually connect your information, how do you make a single source of truth once you collected the information in a notebook, what do you do then? All this is really, yeah, starting below the tip of the iceberg. And I think automation and so many people joining the membership. Clients, they start a conversation with how could I automate this and this and this. usually I start, we don't automate anything yet. We just get a bird's eye view on your system, on your workflows, because then we identify bottlenecks, things that you do on a recurring basis manually. And once we identify really frequent recurring tasks, then we talk about automating something and even then it's in many cases doing it manually. And Mm -hmm. spending a minute a day to do this, instead of setting up an automation that might break in the future due to changes in API and things like that. So I want to make aware of this. This being said, I couldn't have run the paperless movement as a side hustle for three years without any automations. So I have a lot of things connected and automated, and this is what we want to talk about this. If you're at a stage where you say, I have recurring tasks, I have things that I do on a daily basis, or I have one big project. I need to pull a lot of data. This is where Renat comes into play and Bardin, but also other tools, obviously like Sapia, Integromat, and so on. So thoughts on like, this?
1: Yeah. Like you pointed out, the best automation is elimination. So <laughs> oh yeah, and not do something, then this is, this is a massive win, but then you got to watch what your repetitive tasks are, how your day-to-day looks like. And then from there, you can identify those opportunities to really make your workflows more streamlined. Uh, A lot of the times at bigger companies, you would have a sales ops, for example, who enable sales representatives to have more uh, productive workflows. But for us as knowledge workers, we're kind of like stuck searching tool for tools ourselves trying to see what we do day to day and really get stuck in this, in this in between space.
0: Yeah. Yeah. This is important also to differentiate between the different areas people are working in. So automation is also a very broad term, right? So. You can apply it in so many different ways, like the chatbots that we have on different pages as well. This is also type of automation or pointing people into the right direction when they are on a certain part of a website and things like this, pop-ups, all this is also types of automation, but we focus on productivity automation today. And there's a really nice walkthrough that you gave us in the video in the community, so this really gives the details, but for the podcast. How would you describe Bardeen works and differentiates from Zapier and Integrama and automation tools?
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a great question to touch on the latter. I like calling Bardeen as if Zapier and Apple shortcuts had a baby. So we're combining the idea of you being in the loop, you triggering an automation, you participating in the automation and connect different web apps. That creates Bardeen. So at Bardeen, we automate your repetitive workflows with a shortcut. We are in the browser and we are context aware, so we know the page that you're looking at, and we can recommend you the perfect automation for that specific instance. For example, if you might be on LinkedIn with one click, we can copy information from a LinkedIn profile page directly to your favorite tools. I know you love Coda, so we can edit to to Coda. Uh, we can also do it to Airtable, Notion, Google Sheets, you name it.
0: Yeah, I love Coda along with a lot of different tools. So I think I'm one of the most complex setups in all time. But I just love uh, to leverage the superpowers of each tool. So Coda is a very closed area in the paperless movement that I'm using Coda for. I also use Notion and I was very impressed at the walkthrough that you gave there. How you've been actually pulling information. You just mentioned now LinkedIn, but you also showed in the video that you can pull the thumbnails and the details from the YouTube videos. So tell us more about
1: that. Precisely. So we like thinking about our tool as a contextual tool. So again, we know the information that is in front of you on the screen. And if you think about the internet, it's very unstructured. So you have databases on the servers for, for LinkedIn, they would have the database of people and then from there, they load up information onto your page. And you have it as HTML code out there that you cannot really get in a nice format to save anywhere else. So this is why one of our most popular features is our scraper. So it's a visual tool. You can just click on different elements on the website that follows a certain template. For example, LinkedIn has a person template and every person who has an account, they will have exactly the same page. So. With Burdine, you can create a scraper model that tells us, Hey, here are the areas from which I want to extract information. So we can get the name, we can get the the tagline, profile description, university, anything you want, including a picture. And from there, from this unstructured information, all of a sudden we have uh, tabular information that we can add to your other apps. And it's really neat for salespeople, for people who usually have to, switch between tabs and copy paste information from one place mm. to another. Now with the Scraper, because all of a sudden we have structured information and because it's structured and we have it, we can, with the integrations, we can add them anywhere else with a shortcut without leaving the current tab. So you run the shortcut, you click one button, boom, it's in your CRM or it's in one of your favorite tools.
0: That's really interesting. And I want to dive deeper a bit into the Scraper. So. Yeah, you said you can, I can select an element on the screen, like the name or the the image or anything like that. And then I define this as the image and as the name, right? That's how it works.
1: Yeah. There are different data types that, so we can get the text from an element, but if the text element has an underlying link, then we can say, Hey, uh, I want to get a link from this element. Also, you can select an image. It's a different data type, so you can do that. We have a click action. So sometimes on the website, for example, to see, to see contact information on LinkedIn, click on contact information. So we have that action that can, that can click for you and uh, extract information from the pop-up. The last part is we have the input action. So imagine what if you could fill out forms in the background? You've, you've, Bardeen a table and you say, Hey, I want to submit a uh, hundred, say a hundred different, form responses, like on this website. So you can do that, or you can say, Hey, when this website updates, fill this information there, or you can do it on schedule. So, um, this is something that, that is not in the released version yet, but and this is, this is also the plan. You can do a lot of, a lot of great. things. This is, you
0: mean it's not in a plan that it's running in the background. So right now it need the browser needs to be open in order for the automation to work, right? Correct. Yeah. But I also wanted to point out how do you get these elements? So I guess you are using the, the class, the classes on the HTML that you find there. So how does it work in the backend are interested in Uh, this?
1: Love that you're asking technical questions. So we're using XPath to Mm -hmm. understand how the element is positioned relative to other elements and. There's Hello. usually a hierarchy. So when you select an element, we just not look at the ID or the class. We'll look at a lot of different variables. So even if the class itself changes, we'll be able to infer what the element is. And that way the scraper model doesn't.
0: Oh, okay. I was just, th- that's interesting because I was just going the other way. I was just wanted to say. What if they change the design or anything like this? You would rely on classes and so that doesn't matter. But yeah, of course they can change classes as well. And then everything is broke. Exactly. Well, so how do you handle the changes on the website then when they change so, the design? So, so the, the, right the profile image is now on the right side instead of the left side.
1: Different types of changes that can happen. Some of them can be changing the name of the class or changing the class itself. Doesn't really affect much, but uh, the way that we right now do this, we have the most popular websites and we have a, a test that runs our playbooks in the background automatically, we have static pages. So we would create a LinkedIn page that has the same information that doesn't get updated and we would scrape that page, say every one hour and we would compare the data, is the data the same? And if the data is not the same, we know that the scraper model is broken and now we're going to update it for LinkedIn, for example. So this is something that happens on popular websites and for your custom scraper models, there's no capability right now to know if the scraper model is broken or not. But we are working on, on features to detect changes and you'll get a notification by email, for example, saying, Hey, you might want to take a look at this automation.
0: Well, that's really interesting, but it's also going in a difficult area. When you say something like, you know, handing in a hundred times, this, this sounds a lot bot-like and how, how do you avoid being blocked or anything like this? Obviously, we have some detections there and people could take advantage in a bad way using Bardeen then.
1: I think that's the case with every powerful tool that can be used for practices that that are black hat. And at the end of the day, I wouldn't think about our tool as a scraper or as as an extension that fills out forms. It's more of a tool that enables your workflows that you do day to day. Uh, So if you want to. If you want to just automate some of the things you do uh, on a daily basis, so those micro-workflows that might take a minute or two, then, and if you could get them done much faster, then this is what our tool is perfect for. You can connect your web apps and you can, for example, with a shortcut right now, we can create a follow-up call with you and just agree on the time. And I don't need to copy-paste any links. I don't need to go to Zoom. I don't need to go to my Google calendar. So this is an example of a typical workflow of a knowledge worker that you would most typically use Burdeen for. The other use cases, we can transfer data from your web app. So we can, we can say, Hey, get me all meetings during the last year and then turn them into a table and then put that table into, say, Google Sheets. We can very easily do those things. This is a one-time task. But I think, again, where people will find the most use for is like those micro-workflows, things that people need to do many, many times a day.
0: And that's really interesting. So how does it work? So do you have a direct integration with Google Calendar, for example, then in order to get the events out? Or is it also via the scraping? I don't get it yet.
1: I know we have tons of... Uh, listeners uh, listening on the podcast but would it be cool if I share my screen because I have a few automations to visually show how that will work
0: so for the members they will see this in the community anyway then
1: stellar all right am I good to share my screen
0: yeah go ahead okay at this part of the interview, Renard is actually sharing with us the screen. If you want to watch this, you can watch this for free if you go to the description and go to the blog post that we created out of this interview. Now let's get back to the interview. It's still not easy when you say it's like Zapier and Integromat has a child. A Zapier and has Apple a baby. Treatment. Oh, Apple so Shortcuts. Yeah, that makes more sense. Right. Because with Apple Shortcuts, I have the direct integration and the direct feedback and they're easy to build scripts, right? And this is what I see in Bardin as well. And Sapia. So how much can you do with Barding compared to Sapia? Because Sapia obviously is tightly integrated with APIs and you are challenging them as well that you take over their tasks.
1: Yes. So and we can make do
0: shortcuts redundant because Bardeen works on any platform. No, it works only in the browser,
1: right? It works in the browser, but we have very ambitious plans. Okay. Uh, So
0: you're you're thinking about getting it to iOS and Android as well, or that you integrate uh, with uh, native apps?
1: You would have your collection of, we call them playbooks, and they can get synced to your phone. So if I'm running late to a meeting, right now I need to go on my computer to click on that card. What if I could do it from my phone and say, Hey, I'm running late. And this is more in line with, if this than that.
0: So you could create some buttons that you can press from your phone in order to trigger this.
1: I think the shortcomings of Apple shortcuts is, first of all, it's pretty tricky to build simple workflows. Number one, Mm -hmm. number two, they do not integrate with your web apps. We do. And we also have contextual automations, so things like scraper understanding what's happening on your screen. And with Zapier, the big differentiation is that you get to participate in the workflow and get to say, Hey, right now I want to run this automation and I don't want it to run the same way every time, but I want to actually say what the title of the meeting we're about to schedule is going to be, right? So right now consumers are in this in-between space. They either automate everything exactly the same way to run exactly the same way, or they do everything entirely manually which does not make any sense. So mm-hmm. we want to... That's so... the baby there. That's the baby. Exactly. That's, That's the one. Time baby. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> so actually, yeah, I love this approach and the contextual, just to pick this up again, it recognized what website I am. This is also something that I won't get from Zapier, right? So when I go to a certain website, could I also get an automatic trigger this way by just going to the website?
1: Yeah. You can say when the website matches. And then you can do like a URL. and then it triggers. Uh, campaigns. And then you can, yes, you can trigger.
0: Yeah, this is, this is great. So we mentioned it before. This only happens when I actually have this website. This is just not working in the background, right? Yes. It does not. The scheduling, right? So it only works. Yeah. Scheduling only works if I'm not on a PC. Or...
1: I think it's a great question. We do not want to just stay in the space where we're only like human triggered automations, but uh, there's tons of value to go like, to go another direction, to go like the, the Zapier direction as well, to get triggers that happen either on schedule or or that happen when something happens in your web apps. So So we have that capability.
0: To support webhooks then.
1: Correct. But we also, we directly integrate with your apps. Yeah. Uh So through APIs, we know that, Hey, there's a new event. And then you can say, Hey, when there is a new event, do this. Th- this is, this is where we stand right now. At the moment we designed, uh, we designed Verdeen so that it runs in your browser, but we are planning to have the capability to run your automations in the cloud as well. So it do exactly the same things as Zapier can. We have exactly the same actions, like all APIs, they have very similar actions. So there is nothing, nothing all that unique in there. So we're, we're supporting the triggered.
0: Yeah. This is, uh, this is the shortcomings to Sapir right now, but as you already mentioned, it's on your roadmap, but when you talk about roadmap, what is the plan for Hadid? what is coming in a year from now, that give you some time. I know we should think in five years, but no, yeah. yesterday, so I give you a year.
1: Love it. Love the question. And I'll start with history. I'll start with history to see kind of like how we got to now. So that you can see and extrapolate how the future is going to look like. So the original, like the Bardeen 0.1 was the version of the pretty much command line interface where you can write, Hey, get all of my meetings as a command, but expressing it as a natural language. And then it's going to call the API and get all of your meetings. So this was, this was like a more friendly interface like command line interface for your web apps. Then we realized that, guess what? Not everybody knows how to code, know, knows how to think in that way mm-hmm. and wants to learn what the commands are because with, with different code languages, like programming languages, you need to know the syntax. You need to know how to express yourself properly. You need to know how to write things, how to build functions. So like people have a very high barrier to entry to start using this solution. Then We decided in Bardeen 1.0, we decided, okay, how about this? How about instead of people running individual actions to do something, how about we package them into playbooks so that those actions that you're in, they, they can be triggered with one click or with a shortcut. So this is the version that you've seen right now. And there is a Bardeen version 2.0 that's coming out. We have tons of great features that we added that mainly make it a lot smoother and easier to edit automations, to build automations without knowing the commands themselves. Right now you can do so many things, but it's still, the interface is still pretty tricky. Me personally, I own 200 people plus one-on-one. I said... You learned from this. Exactly. We learned so much. You know, Tom would share his screen and then I would watch how he uses the app. I would cringe from time to time I would uh, <laughs> <laughs> but then those are amazing lessons that but we haven't we, had our onboarding call
0: yet I didn't uh, even install it this is what we will do next right so get me a live onboarding session inside the community let's do this what 2 I'm I'm the 201st onboarding for you
1: let's do this yeah Good. I'd be I'd be let's keen do to this. do this so So yeah, we learned a lot and, and the, the key, the key is that right now editing playbooks is very easy. Mapping data is very easy from one web to another. So if you think, Hey, I want to transfer all of my Jira tickets to Notion. So there is this lock-in syndrome I'm sure you're familiar with. Once you start using any web app, you're kind of tied to it, you need, or you need to figure out how to export it and that's just very difficult. Mm -hmm. So we have playbooks that that can just automatically transfer all of your Jira tickets to Notion or to Coda or you name it. And all of a sudden data transfer is super simple. And we can do this because we thought in version 0.1, we thought about, Hey, how can we extract information using the APIs? How can we say, Hey, I want to call the API of Google Calendar to get me all of the events in the database that exist, And then from that vantage point we we realized hey we can we can actually do so many things automating things but also transferring data also doing background automations doing triggered automations so to to be completely frank with you I'd not see Uh, us even comparing ourselves with zapier or or apple shortcuts that's why i like uh, saying that we are building the future of automations because it's a it's a new category of product we're building yeah but
0: yeah i see it the same way i have to say that so sapia is a completely different approach so i see sapia really that I, I, as you already mentioned, static automation that will just run whenever a member signs up in my site, it will send an invoice to my booking thing. And that's it. I don't expect more from Zapier. This, what you are saying is just opening so many opportunities in my mind already. It just drives me crazy. So having things, playbooks, examples, for, you know, common websites that you are targeting. I think this is awesome. That's really the right approach. So with all this excitement, is it a free, uh, free entry?
1: Does it cost something? So we're finally confident that when we put it out, people are going to love it, become daily users of our app. So you'll experience Berlin 2.0, you'll be able to get it uh, for free, and then we will introduce some premium pay tiers, uh, but we'll also always have a free version of Bredin so that anybody can use it.
0: I'm not a fan of free stuff, to be honest, but it's good to to get people to test and once they use it, make them pay. So I expect that depending on how much I use it and how many API calls I do somewhere, the the price will come in and then go up or do you have a flat rate?
1: We, we haven't thought about the type of model we're going to use. Most likely, like you mentioned, it's going to be usage-based we're going to experiment mm. with yeah. different concepts but yeah at the end of the day uh, we want people to be able to see the value uh, of what we're building and then decide if saving that much time is worth the investment and yeah. most often is we even have the counter of you've saved this this much time
0: oh that's great i always love this feedback loop that you get there where you see that it was worth using the tool but I just think about that you mentioned that we, you can extract data and place it somewhere else that uh, if you offer this for free, I think it could be t- in the wrong way. So people just sign up in order to make a one-time task and then they stop using it. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's monetization is always hard for SaaS, right? And there's no black and white, but I'm sure you get there. And the plans from SAP are not good either. So <laughs> it's, it's always challenging to get it right.
1: So at the how- end of the day. Just to touch on that point, I really love what Notion did with spreading their tool organically, and I think, I think templates really did it for them. So because creators like yourself, they could create a beautiful Notion workspace, optimized for, let's say, students, salespeople, businesses, and sell that. To their audience, and they spend so much time building it. It makes sense that creators wanted to organically cover those tools because they love it, and also because they could capture some value from that. So there's a there's a direct incentive. So we'll be considering we'll be considering programs for creatives to be able to build their playbook packs and then share it with their communities, so that you would have the top. 100 automations by Tom Solid, for example. And then you as a creator might get a commission yeah. based on the usage.
0: Okay, so you're hosting the sales of the packs then. That's interesting. So that's something like approaches now with their pack marketplace. It's also called packs. So yeah. yeah, they do this well, that they can create packs and API integrations and things like this, and can they can sell it on their marketing platform. I like the idea because it stays in control of the developers and of the company instead of selling this Etsy or some, some other places. Mm-hmm. So Notion, everybody and their dog selling templates for, for Notion, usually through their own websites. I think Notion could take a big advantage consolidating this on their own platform and selling packs and structuring them and tagging them for different use cases and so on. So it would be easier for the people searching for the right template, but at the same time, Notion would be more in control of what's going on. And obviously, as you mentioned, making a commission model. So it's a hands off for the creator. They don't need to run our own website. They just mention that they have a pack. I I could compare it to Skillshare or something like that, or Udemy where people talk about their courses and they send people organically to this platform, mentioning their cause. And in the end of the day, Skillshare makes money, the person make money because people watch their course, but in addition, they make money for the affiliation they also have with the platform. So yeah, certainly there are many ways. And I just want to mention that I really love how you approached me. So I really want to point this out. Um, I'm getting several emails every day for people who want to show me their awesome, exciting new stuff. I usually say no, but you did really a good job there. So you reached out. No, he didn't offer me any money. He actually made (laughs) research and he mentioned some things that I said in my videos. And this is how we got connected. And I love to have you as a partner expert inside the Papers Movement. This is really the mindset that we need to have there. This is really the mindset that I would wish for many other companies that they would have, and they certainly would be more successful. So thanks Renat for being with us on the show. Anything before we close the interview you want to share with the community.
1: I'd like to close with just mentioning if you observe what you do on your computer and maybe create a little list of, Hey, I did this, I did that. I personally used to use Toggle to track where my time goes. And if you start critically thinking about what you do day to day, you'll probably realize that there are things that could be done much, much better or faster or easier, and they're probably very easy solutions that other people have thought about. So if you spend maybe half an hour of your time or an hour of your time thinking what you can automate, then you're going to be so much more productive. And most importantly, in my opinion, so much more in the flow. Because for us, as people who work with our heads on our computers, flow, like being in the zone is the most important resource. It's probably even more important than time because flow translates to you doing things faster. So by automating things, you can be doing more what you love and be doing more creative work. Outside of our tool, explore all of the automation tools that are out there. Apple shortcuts, Zapier, but if you want to check out our tool, go to bordin.ai. We have over 200 pre-built automations. So similar to what I showed you, you can just go and steal the playbooks that we already thought about. Each playbook can save anywhere from a minute to an hour by running it and feel free to experiment around with it. We have an awesome community of users on Slack. Uh, You're welcome to join as well, Uh, share your use cases, ask for help. We love building custom playbooks for our users. I call those videos where I'm given the problem by a user. They tell me about their workflow and I post those on YouTube. I call them the live builds. So I break down how I think about automations and I build the automation for them. So yeah, feel free to share your workflows. Anything that we can and cannot solve, we we'll love challenges. But like I said in the beginning, just maybe put on your calendar, half an hour to an hour to explore out the mission tools, you will not regret it. I
0: cannot close the interview yet because I just found the perfect use case how I can implement Bardeen in my workflows. Something for four years, more than four years, I'm doing on a regular basis every week, I have a bookmarks folder in the bookmarks section where I have 14 tabs saved. All these tabs are different income streams that I manually copy-paste into a Google Sheet. Yeah, guys, now it sounds insane that I do such things, but that's what I do. Manually copy-pasting my revenue into my Google Sheet and so on. Why? Because I haven't found a proper integration yet to extract the right uh, numbers from YouTube, for example, which is hard to do with the API in Sapia, especially, or things like that. Some special tools that I use on my website, where I see the revenue that have no integration at all. So now coming to the option with the scraping, that is just exactly what I do on a daily basis, right? It would just open up all these tabs. It would just look at these tabs and then copy paste this in the Google Sheet. Would this work? Of course
1: you have to say yes now. I'd be super excited to build this right now live and show you how this would work if you are down. Oh, right now? Not specifically for the 14 websites, but I want to show you how (laughs) we would build your YouTube views and YouTube data in, I know, 90 seconds. Yeah, let's do this. Let's do this. All right.
0: At this part of the interview, Renard is actually sharing with us the screen. If you want to watch this, you can watch this for free if you go to the description and go to the blog post that we created out of this interview. Now let's get back to the interview. Renard, I thank you very much for this very insightful talk to you. I really love it. I, I have big hopes for body to thrive in, in 2022, when it, once it's launched and count me in for actually testing it. Thank you very much. Catch you up in the community then. Thanks so much. Cheers.